Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. All right, I'm going to move this over here. How you guys doing? Pretty good. Yeah, I heard there was, Pastor Teresa said there was 3,033 salvations on the Africa trip this year, which that like shattered all the records for our church at least. Like that is crazy because they did crusades and they saw whole schools like give their lives to the Lord and all just like just hundreds and hundreds of people. It was just so incredible. So it, it, oh man, like God is alive and well right now. Like he is moving on planet earth like never before, right? Like, oh man, it's crazy. Like I really believe revival is here. It's here. It's not just in Africa. It's here. He's pouring it out on earth, right? He's just, he's doing more and more and more and more and more. Like God doesn't, he doesn't do like, you know, I did really well last decade. I think I'm going to just take it off. Right? He's like, no, it's just somehow when you think God blew your box and you're like, oh my goodness, that was crazy. He says, just wait till next year. I got something even greater for you. And you're like, how is that even possible? It's like you're infinite or something because you just keep coming up with new ideas. It's crazy. And, and so, oh, he is so amazing. And, and so here at the Crux, we just, we're madly in love with Jesus. We're just so in love with him. And, and this summer we have been doing the Summer of Freedom. It has been awesome. It has been heart-wrenching. It has been like laughter. It has been crying. It has been everything that you do with freedom, right? Freedom, you dance, and then you fight for it, and then you weep over it, and then you dance because it's amazing. Like, and, and, oh, it's a whole roller coaster of emotions. It's great. And it's really because in Hebrews 12.1, it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Like, let's just let's strip it off. It's not like, hey, let's take that thing off and just fold it nice and neat where I can remember it. It's like, get it off me, rip it off, right? And it says, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. This summer, we have been going after what are those things in my life, in my heart, in my mind, and uh, whatever that are tripping me off, like that I, I, I'm running the race. I keep tripping over this thing, and I'm like, it is time to strip that thing off right? That is what this summer has really been about. And, and so tonight, uh, my message, uh, we, we did very specific things the last couple of weeks. Uh, we did freedom uh, from self-hatred. That was deep, man. David David took us real deep, right? Uh, and, and we did freedom from our insecurities. Yeah. We've done all these different kind of freedom of specific topics. Tonight, I wanted to talk about something uh, that's much more kind of how to get freedom and then to stay free. Um, you see, because so often we basically, uh, we, we get free and then we're like, I'm free. And then all of a sudden, like a week later, you're like, how oh, is that thing attacking me again? I thought I was totally free of that. Like, has, anyone, has that only ever happened yeah. to me? Or, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm not alone. Okay, praise God. Uh, and, and so tonight I want to talk about how do you get free? And then how do you stay free? What are practices you have to put in your life to keep running in freedom? Okay, and then we'll go back in next week to some more specific things to get free from. But really, I felt like right in this midway point to really go after we've been free of all these things. How do we continue to walk in that and to stay free in what Jesus bought for us? 
And, and so uh, today, first off, I just want to tell you, man, I had a rough day. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that I was like, "Lose me." Like I'm saying that like it was tough. Like the facts. The facts were today was kind of rough. It was. Uh, it was awesome. My buddy Anthony and I back here. We spent like ten hours today trying to fix my car. Like it, we basically. He is awesome. I went over in the morning and and we were gonna just change out for those. No, I didn't know as of this morning. Uh, the hoses uh, and like these little these like tubes in your car. It's like how important could those be? It turns out they're really important, right, for your car. And, and Anthony knew how to do them, and, and I, I kind of knew, I really didn't know. And, and so I go to his house, and we basically are going to work on my car. The goal is like, let's just do this in and out in an hour, right? And, and so we basically go there, and it's funny, man. We go, and we're like under there, and I, 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 I'm kind of letting him do all the work. And I'm just kind of like feeling macho, holding a, a wrench next to him, right? And so, because I just don't know what I'm doing. And so basically, though, there's like this tube, and finally he pulls it, and I guess we didn't, we just didn't think, of, we just didn't really think about it but he pulls it and it was like it was like you hit an artery on an alien in a sci-fi oh, no. movie it was like all this green stuff just like poof, all over anthony and i was like oh oh and i just started scooting out from under the car and he's just like and he goes into man mode and he starts to like fix the thing and put the tube back in as it's spraying all on him and i'm just like oh dang man like that's crazy and so basically uh then we have to go into all this stuff about then we have to pour new stuff into it after we get the tubes off and we basically get new tubes on and it's like this whole this whole ordeal and then we forgot one little pressure thing uh which once again you're like really it's like the blender that little plastic thing that goes on top and you're like, how important could this little piece be? You know, and if you turn it on, food goes everywhere, right? So you're just like, it's really important. And so once again, we didn't do that. So I'm driving home. We're like, we did it. Yeah, good. You know, and then, and then basically my heart, my, my car totally overheats. And I pull off on the side of the 78 here and a tow truck has to come get me and take me to my mechanic because we forgot to open one little thing. And so then, then my mechanic had to change out all this stuff, right? And, and so, but I was like, and he, my mechanic said to me, he's like, you know, I'm going to give you a mulligan. You tried. You tried your best. Good job. It's okay. <laughs> you know? And so I was like, bless your heart for trying. It's like what the, the manly mechanic guy said, right? But really, this to me, I don't know. I was just thinking about it on the way over. And I was just thinking how so often this is freedom and this is insecurity. There's things in our hearts that have been there. This tube was the original part from 15 years ago on my car. Should have been dealt with a long time ago, right? But we didn't deal with it. He didn't deal with it. And so often we have things in our heart, we just don't deal with them and we just clog them away. And then basically someone who's a friend gets in by your heart and then they start jiggling something, you know, they're like, Hey, tell me about your, your parents. And you're just like, and it sways everywhere, right? And you have two kinds of people. You have the kind of people that were like me and just like, dang, okay. <laughs> like, like, we're done. We'll be acquaintances, I've decided, right? And then you have the other people who step up and go into man mode and they're like, dude, this relationship is messy and greasy, but I'm here for you. I'm here for the long haul. I'm here to plug it in. I'm here to, right? I'm here to get all the gunk out of you, right? And then, and then put new pieces back in. But then if you go off with that and you just get all the junk out, a lot of times in relationships we think like, you just need to listen to me as I vent to you, right? Right? And that's what we do. The car vented, but how am I, you know, if you don't put it back with truth, you don't put things inside of it, it's going to overheat and die again. If you go to every single person and you're like, I get freedom by venting to you, you know, right? Like, 
uh, we're just going to vent on every single person around us and never actually replace it with truth, with clean cooling that actually cools our hearts and minds down. It's the truth, it's the word, it's the scripture, right? We are not going to get very far before we have to just dump it out on the person next to us or we have a full-on meltdown. I have melted down way more times than I want to melt down, right? And no one, no one's like, I'm going to melt down this weekend. Like everyone, it just like it just happens, and you have to deal with it when it happens, right? And, and so tonight, what I want to talk about is what are those truths? What are the things you got to get out, and what are the truths that you got to fill back in and walk out if you're going to have a sustainable walk with the Lord? If you don't want to be like, I'm a good Christian, you know, on Sunday, and then by Wednesday you're like, burn out, right? Like, how do I make it, right? Like. If church disappeared and I was on an island for the rest of my life, would I make it with Jesus, right? And most of us, we can't even make it to Tuesday, right? Because we aren't filling our own truth back into the system, right? Come on, is this good? Alright, good. Oh, praise God. We got something, alright? Alright, so tonight, I really want to talk about this, um, and I felt like it came out of from this one verse, but first I want to give you a quick analogy. So often, uh, uh, I saw this really sweet video I showed my YouTube video. It was like uh, this homeless guy, and this guy came up to him, and he had a winning lotto ticket for like a thousand bucks, and he gave it to a homeless man. And he says, hey, let's go turn the numbers in. He knew it won. And the homeless guy was like, okay. And then he just goes with him and turns it in, and then the, the guy says, you won a thousand dollars. And the homeless man just starts like trembling, and he's like, And he looks to the guy who gave it to him. He's like, this is your money. Like, no. And then he's like, no, man, I gave it. It's your ticket. You can have it. And he's like, but what? Like, you know, like, and it it really changed this homeless guy. And, And I felt like that's what happens with our encounter with Jesus. We're homeless. We're messed up. And Jesus comes and he takes away our debt. He takes away our junk. And he's like, hey, man, you're free. Like, you have money now. Like, it's almost like if I was 100 grand in debt, Jesus, he took the debt away. But what would happen as a homeless person if you say won the lotto for a million dollars, all your debt's cleared? You'd be so stoked. I mean, come on. You're like, yeah, student loans are gone, right? And, and But what if you've been living on the street for so long? For so long you've been living on the street. You're just used to this. You've adapted to it. And you are stoked that you're not dead anymore. And yet, for some reason, we keep living on the street because we don't ever go to the ATM and do what needs to be done to get our money back. So uh, as Christians, Jesus didn't just clear our debt. He tapped us into a whole kingdom of riches, uh, of a kingdom of the Father's heart, of grace, of a renewed mind, of healed body, like of all this stuff. And we have been so good at saying he forgave my debt but as christians we've been so bad at going to the atm machine and saying i want to withdraw everything he's bought right and so we as christians freedom is not just saying i have no debt but i'm still going to live like an orphan and homeless man on the street being a christian it's saying i have no debt and my father is the king of kings and i get to walk as a son who my dad owns everything right right and so we, I want to get us as the crux, as a family here, I want to get us out of this homeless mentality. This idea that I, uh, I have everything, I'm a Christian, 
and yet I think it's okay to walk around depressed all the time. I'm a Christian, and I think it's okay to be chronically going deeper and deeper and deeper into debt. Right? I'm a Christian, and I think it's okay to have fits of rage or anger or to have broken relationships all around me. Right? I'm a Christian. We, we as Christians, we have been so good at being like, my debt is forgiven. And yet for some reason, we're not tapping into that. Healed relationships, restorations, broken poverty mindset, healing in our lives, hope, and a future. Right? And so I, I want to begin to go into what does that look like. Are you guys cool to get to find out what that looks like and to start to get free and how do you keep that freedom? Is that cool? Awesome. Well, uh, at first, this sounds this is a little ethereal. I'm trying to I want to try to break this down, but basically, legally, you have been set free. Legally, courts of heaven, you're free. Like the judge, God, he's up there and he sees your whole everything, like all the junk you've ever done, and then it's like Jesus stepped in front of it, and all he sees is Jesus when he looks at you, and he's like, oh, he's innocent. Yeah, your file's innocent. You're good. Right? Free. Legally, you're free. Right. But are you walking in the freedom? Emotionally, you might not be free. Mentally, you might not be free. Physically, you might not be free. Financially, you might not be free. So there's a difference between a legal freedom that will get you to heaven and an actual emotional freedom that you get to walk into. One of them is it, it was a choice. We accepted it. Jesus tapped us into the grace of heaven. But the other one, he daily gives us the choice to align our hearts with heaven and transform our hearts into freedom as well. But it's a choice because it's love. If it's real love, it has to be a choice. So he will let you work on renewing your mind, or he won't. He's not going to force you and brainwash your mind, but he will invite you to say, Dad, teach me how to think of that. Right? And so uh, this, the where, where it starts, it sounds a little weird, but I really believe we have to start differentiating the difference between fact and truth. Fact and truth. Our society says we live on facts, right? All over. We hear percentages and facts and all this stuff happening, right? And people say, well, look to the facts, right? And like, well, the facts say this, right? And we have become just obsessed with these facts and we begin to base our life on different facts. And we say, well, as long as like I'm average in the facts, like I'm okay, right? But the truth is sometimes there's facts that aren't always adding up right. Like, like the fact is today I should have had a really bad day, right? Because if you look at all my facts, I should have had a bad week and a bad month and like all this stuff. Like, like I, I was baptizing children and as I was doing that in the ocean, I step in a stingray, right? And I'm like, come on, man, right? And I'm like, and I'm like, because the fact is I should be like, this hurts, I'm done, right? But the truth is that there's a grace you can tap into in the moment and do the work of the Lord, right? And so you facts don't mean truth. Facts can sometimes be true, but truth does not always match the facts. In 1491, the fact is the world was flat. <laughs> In 1492, all the facts were different. Now the world's supposed to be round, whereas God's in heaven. He's like, the truth is all along it was round, right? And like the, when I was a kid, the facts said we had Pluto as a planet, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then now my little brother comes 
comes to me telling me there's like eight planets or whatever. There's like less planets. Were there nine originally? Yeah. Yeah. The backs? Okay, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And my brother's like, there's only eight. And I'm like, count them. I'm like, you forgot Pluto. He's like, Pluto's not a planet. Right? Like, because the books have changed. So your facts will actually change based on, listen to this, facts change based on your knowledge. Listen, facts will change based upon the knowledge humans or you have and the point to which we've grown. The facts said in George Washington's day that you have bad blood and we need to leach it out of you if you're going to get healthy. Today, they're like, that is the worst thing you could possibly do. You eat your blood, apparently, right? And so the facts have drastically changed over time, right? Facts don't create freedom in your life. Truth does. And so facts that you have in your life will not make you free. Truth is what sets you free. Okay? So, if I look in the mirror and I'm like... The facts say I should really work out. <laughs> right? I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh man, dang it. Right? Or like the opposite. I remember I was super chubby in junior high. Dom remembers. He was there. He saw me. I was so chubby. I had a double chin. I had a mullet and braces and big glasses and pimples everywhere. And I'm like, hey. Right? Like, that's who I was. Okay? And the facts at that time were... <laughs> You need to grow or lose weight or something, bro, right? And right, those are the facts. But the truth says in Psalms 139, thank you, Lord, for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Wow. The truth says in 1 Corinthians 6.1, don't you realize your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? The very holy of holies is in you. That's the truth. Yeah, the facts might lose some weight or gain some weight or whatever, right? Because <laughs> a year later, I was so skinny from growing so fast, you could actually see my heartbeat through my ribs. It was gross. <laughs> I was so skinny, right? And then I was like, dude, you need to gain the weight, right? I'm like, I... Dang it! Like, here we go. I was short chubby and I'm awkwardly skinny. Like, this is weird. But the truth remained the same that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. So when you look at the mirror, do you base yourselves on fact or on truth? Right? Right? Okay. So, here we go. This, that, this is a big thing, and I'm building up to it. If you want to make a withdrawal, go to the ATM machine and withdraw freedom that is rightfully yours, right? If you want to make that, that Jesus filled into our account, you have to become stubborn with enforcing the truth in your life, right? You have to be, like, so stubborn about going there and withdrawing that freedom and applying it into your life, even when the facts don't seem to line up with it. Yeah. This is how you get freedom. When the facts are off, but you say, I'm making a truth withdrawal right now, and I am going to establish in this into my life. You have to reject rejection itself. Like, you have to just say, like, no, man, no, I'm not doing that. 
Because all these insecurities, all these fears, all these things, they're like this like demonic, emotional, spiritual like germ. And you just sneeze it on somebody, and then they get it all. It's like, I'm rejected, so I'm going to reject you. And then he's like, oh, that hurt. I feel rejected. I'm going to reject you now. And it just spreads as this nasty thing. There has to be somebody who stops it, puts the filter over themselves, right? And is like, nah, nah. That's not getting in here. You can be reject. You can talk rejection all you want. It's not getting into me, right? I'm putting on this little spiritual mask. I know it's true. It's not going to make it through there, right? Like you have to become stubborn about saying no. I refuse. I'm only going to believe truth. This is how you stay free, guys. Because one day, church camp, you're like, oh, I love the king and the kid loves me, right? And then like ten minutes later. That person at meet and greet looked at you awkwardly. <laughs> and now you're like, are we cool? Like, I, we were dancing five minutes ago. What happened, bro? And you're like, right? Like, we just changed so quickly. We have to tap into the truth of what God is saying. So, this, this is a verse that I really believe will give you two points. And tonight has two points on how I think you can really stay free. Okay. Two points, super easy. One verse sums it all up. Here we go. James 4, 7. It says, so humble yourselves before God. Point one, humble yourself. Second part of the verse, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Point two, resist the devil. Humble yourself and resist the devil. This doesn't matter how mature you are in your faith. It's not like Moses one day was like, I don't need to humble myself anymore. I made it, right? Like, he doesn't, he didn't one day be like, the devil stopped resisting. Like, this is whether you are a baby Christian or whether you've been doing this for 100 years, whether you are just like the most amazing mature Christian in the world or you have no idea what that verse says. This says exactly the same. Humble yourself and resist the devil. Okay, and I want to break down what that means, okay? So, humble yourself. Okay, a lot of times when we think of the word humble, it's, it, we're messed up. A lot of times humble is you're like, it's so bad. Right? And we like beat ourselves up. We're so used to that verse that says God resists the proud. Right? And so we're like, I'm so afraid of being proud. I actually falsely like accuse myself of stuff to try to make myself stay humble. Right? We do this all the time. Dude, I love your painting. Right? Dude, it's awesome, man. And you're like, no. No, no, it's not. not. Look at, look, that's too bad. Like, I did it wrong, right? They're like, dude, come on. Like, this happens all the time. Dude, you shredded it on guitar. No, I did like 23 uh, notes wrong. Then I remember exactly where I hit it. You're like, I don't even remember. I was crying under the presence of God, right? Like, like, right? And, And so this is what we do. We beat ourselves up over these little facts that aren't truth overall. You're an amazing worship leader. No, my voice cracks all the time, right? And it's like, no, the truth is you're an amazing worship leader. Humble yourself. So this is the word humble. Breaking that down, we're going deep. Here we go, humble. Humble, it means this. It's this word, hippotasso. Hippotasso, something like that. Hippotasso, okay? Okay, it says, to yield to one's admonition or advice. And it goes on and says to yield to someone else's counsel. To yield to somebody else's words. So when he says, humble yourself to God, basically whatever God says about you, to you, for you, over your circumstances, that's the truth you have to place into yourself. 
This is what it means when you, basically, your opinion, this is what it means to be humble. It does not mean you're lowly of yourself and you beat yourself up all the time. Real humility means that your opinion of yourself is identical to God's opinion about you. Because if you, if you, if God's like, yeah, you're pretty cool, and you're like, I am the most amazing man <laughs> in the world, right? You know, and you're like, okay, like there's a guy Nebuchadnezzar, like there's a guy in the Bible, Nebuchadnezzar, he literally looks over a city and he says, I am God. Like it's literally like what he says. He's like, look what I, he's not even talking to anyone. He's talking to himself. This is how you know, like you're looking in the mirror, you're like, I am God, right? Like you're not, it's weird. Like you're like, dude, okay. This is his true confessions of himself. He's like, I am the most amazing man there ever was and ever will be, right? And God, it says, humbles him because he's like, bro, dude, no, like you are not. <laughs> okay, and he gets humbled, right? And so, if your opinion of yourself is way higher than what God says, you get humbled, right? But if your opinion is way lower than what God says, to be humbled means you actually have to be brought up into what God is saying. It is pride to look at yourself and condemn yourself when God says the opposite. It is actually a form of pride to just be like, man, I am so messed up. No one loves me. Like, I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm a loser. I'm a reject. Right? And God's saying, no, man. You're loved. You're wonderful. You're beautiful. You're the temple of my Holy Spirit. Stop looking at the holy temple of God and saying it's a garbage junkyard. Like, you need to be humbled. Right? And yet that's the one everyone feels bad about. So no one's like, oh, no you're not. Right? It's going to be like, dude, get humble and start thinking of yourself rightly. <laughs> right? Like, it's like, no one's like, oh. Like, you know, it's like, no, you need to wake up and start figuring out what God says you are. You are a child of God. You are not a reject. Right? Like, and, and I'm, I am so tired of seeing the body of Christ just like picking up mud and smearing it all over her dress. Like, oh man, I'm so tired of that. When God is like, you have a beautiful dress. And she's like, no, look at it. Look at all, it's all messed up. And he's like, you're the one I'm marrying. He's like, I'm all messed up. No, and he's like, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Like, oh man, real humility is seeing yourself the way that God sees you. Numbers 12.3, this is what it says. It says, now Moses was a very humble man more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. You know what's hilarious is Moses wrote that. <laughs> Moses wrote. Moses was the most humble on the entire earth. This is the word of God that will stand for eternity. Right? Like, like he wrote that. So A, either, either the Bible is like, actually is messed up and fallible and has all these issues, or it was actually true. <laughs> Which means if Moses didn't write it, he'd be telling God he's wrong. Wow. wow. Dang it! Like, if Moses was writing and God's whispering in his ear, say this, say this, say this. He's like, and now, and he's just like, oh, God, this is so great. And then Moses was the most, Moses was the most, what? <laughs> like, he's gotta stop and be like, really? He's like, write it. Write it. 
okay. Like, and then he was completely humble in doing so. Because his opinion of himself was God's opinion of himself, of who he was. If God says, you're humble, the most humble thing you can do is say, I'm humble. God says, you're beautiful. The most humble thing you can say is, I'm beautiful. God says, you're successful. The most humble thing you can say is, I'm successful. God says, you have a future. It's prideful to say, my life's going to suck. God says, I gave you joy. It's prideful to say, I'm forever you. Right? Okay, here we go. So, real humility. That's when God says, be humble. This is that verse. Be humble. And then he says, resist the devil. That first part, be humble. That means all the truths of the Bible, you have to start applying to yourself. Not just the part that's like, don't sin, but also the part that says, like, you're beautiful. You're amazing. You're wonderful. Real humility. If you want to be free this summer, you want to keep that freedom. Then when David talked about self-hatred and how God loves you and you're beautiful, if you keep going back into self-hatred, what we're doing is we're literally, the change Jesus broke off of us, we're literally picking them back up and we're rechaining them back onto us. And, oh man, that's that's like crazy. Uh, Paul actually says that. I can't remember the verse. There's a verse where he actually says, don't submit yourself to slavery once again. Because you were slave. You were enslaved in the sin. Christ freed you. Broke the chains. And every time we go back to that homeless mentality, we're like, oh, look at the chains. And we're putting it back on us again. Right? This happens in your heart and in your mind all the time. Okay? And, and so we cannot, we have to be humble if we are meant to be free. Okay, here we go. Learning to humble my opinion to God's opinion of myself will eradicate and it will bring freedom to all of my insecurities in my life. Regardless of what the facts tell you. The facts could tell me my mom and dad deserted and he kicked me out of the house. The truth says even if your mother and father abandon you, the Lord will hold you close. That's in Psalms. The truth is, I have a parent who loves me. The facts might say your friend betrayed you or, or hurt you. The truth says you have a body of Christ and a family who loves you. The facts might be like, you're awkward and weird. The truth might be like, nah, you're quirky. Like, you're awesome. Like, we love you, right? And so, oh man, I got to tell you guys this. I, I looked this up because I was just curious for a little bit. And I, so I started to look this up because see, this is straight up. Okay, where is it? There it is. Wait. Right here, yeah. Okay, I don't know why. I, I think this is the Lord, so just run with this with me, okay? If not, it'll be fun anyway. Okay, so here we go. I felt like God said you can either be an Eeyore or a Tigger. And I was like, okay. Like, what in the world, right? And so I Googled Eeyore quotes, and I Googled Tigger quotes. And this is what I found. Hold on. Oh, here we go. All right, here we go. This is what Eeyore says, right? Let me ask you if he's humble and free. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. I'm not asking if he's cute and fluffy. I'm asking if he's humble and free, okay? Here we go. This is what Eeyore says. He says, it's going to be a good morning, which I doubt. He says, if it's a, if it's a good morning, which I doubt. That's how he starts his sentences. 
Yikes. This is what he says. He says, Eeyore, he says, it could be worse. Not sure how, but I guess it could be. Oh! You ain't looking at this right, Eeyore. Okay, here we go. Here we go. He says this. I never get my hopes up, so I will never be let down. How many of us have actually said that? I don't get my hopes up because I'll probably just get let down. Dude! Eeyore, you need to be humbled, man. Okay, here we go. The sky has finally fallen. Always knew it would. <laughs> you need counseling, bro. Like, oh, Christopher Robin, help, right? Okay, here we go. Here we go. He says, don't worry about me. Oh, this is the worst. And yet so many of you have said this. Here we go. Here we go, guys. He says, don't worry about me. Go on and enjoy yourself. I'll just stay here and be miserable. <laughs> rejection now rejecting others like he has a father wound or mother wound or something going on like that is not normal to be like I'll just be miserable right here we go here we go someone says this I think it was Christopher Robin but it says someone said I didn't notice you were here Eeyore and he said it says that's alright Eeyore said nobody ever does man you gotta be humbled like oh this is rough oh eeyore is cute and fluffy but man he is enchained in depression and just junk like oh dang he's cute and fluffy and you love him you're like oh i love you you're sweet but he's depressed poor guy oh okay here we go all right and yet he had some good he had some good quotes you read in there and there's some times where he like actually starts to tap into truth and he's like super sweet and sensitive and you're like oh i love you eeyore but more often than not he defaults to this just like horrible oh man here we go here's tigger tigger this is this is his uh this is his quotes okay tigger he says this he says, uh, the wonderful things about Tiggers is I'm the only one. Yay. How many of you are like, I'm alone, I'm the only one? Like, I, oh. And Tigger's like, I'm the only one. That's what makes me so special. You're the only one. You're the only one of you. And the most humble thing you can think about yourself is, I'm unique. I'm the only one of me. Right? Here we go. Tigger says, turn that frown upside down. Here we go. He also says, once in a while, something amazing happens, and here I am. <laughs> hey! Humility, right? Because everyone loves him when he comes on the scene. Okay, here we go. And this is one. He says, bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. <laughs> That's what happens when I'm around. <laughs> right? And so the thing is, a lot of people, they'll come to me, and they'll just say, yes. Hold on, they'll say, yes, but isn't that fake? Right? Like, yeah. fake, fake. You're being fake, right? Right? Come on. We all have this. We're like, I'm not going to fake it. Right. It's not fun, 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 fun. Like, today <laughs> sucks, right? Like, it's the worst, right? It's not bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. Right? Like, I knew it would go wrong, right? And so, but the thing is, no, you're actually not being fake. You're actually choosing to borrow out of your account, withdraw the greater truth than the present circumstances. The present circumstances says, I ain't got no money. Right? I used to sing this song in high school, like, ain't got no money. Ain't got no money. Right, and I remember my buddy was like, "Taylor, this is your song," and I was like, "Oh, oh, I was so depressed, right?" And those were the facts. The facts, it was true. Totally, 
Really? If you look at my bank account right now, I'm, 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 facts are not a... Yeah, it doesn't look fun, 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 right? But the truth is I have a father who says, don't worry, look at the flowers. If I can clothe them, I'll clothe you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, let it worry about itself. Right? Oh, he's a father who says, man, the streets at my house are paved out of gold. And like, you really think I'm worried about paying off your college education? It's fine, right? And so the fact I bought, I say, oh yeah, Jesus tapped me into that. I'm going to withdraw from that right now. You are not being fake. You're actually finally tapping into what's true. Yeah. I'm actually tapping into truth. Right? You're like, but I'm alone. I have no one around me. And I feel alone. That might be the fact right now because my emotions are way low. But the truth, oh, I have a God who loves me. I have a family who loves me. I have friends who love me. I have a future. I have hope. I have, right? Tapping in to what is true. I don't live based on the facts. I humble myself to what God is saying in the moment. It's not fake. But even if it was fake, fake joy is way better than genuine depression. Any day, <laughs> right? I'd rather be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my right. I'm gonna choose to make this day awesome than be like, I hate this day. I wish it was over. And the thing is, though, you don't ignore the facts. You don't just say like, no, they're not true. Like it was true. Like in that episode, the whole sky, like it was raining and it was flooding everywhere. Right, uh, the sky had fallen. Right. There's there are facts that are happening. You don't ignore them but you choose to look at them and the lens over them and deal with them through truth. The facts say, yes, I'm having a hard time with this in life right now. I'm exhausted and it's been a hard day. But the truth is, he has his grace is enough and he'll get me through this. The fact is, I'm really scared for that job interview tomorrow or that test. I don't know how I'm going to get red money. That's the fact. But the truth is, I know God has a plan. And I'm going to choose to walk in freedom this summer. And I'm going to choose to rewrite my mind until I'm actually thinking of the true facts. Or like, or making the truth and pulling the facts up to my truth rather than the other way around. Okay, so the second part, and I'm going to finish on this. And then we'll have like 10 minutes to do something together, okay? The second part, humble yourself. The second part is resist the devil. It's a verse in James. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. How do you resist the devil? In my mind, I'm like, I don't know, like an exorcism or like some weird, like, shabba get away from me. <laughs> like, get behind me, Satan. Like, I don't know what it looks like. And I'm like, I don't know. How do you resist the devil? Like, just spray holy water all around you. Like, I have no, what does that look like? I don't know. Yeah, a little sprayer with you with holy water or something. You're like, ah, right? No, I don't know. What does that look like? Okay, here we go. Okay, resist the devil means whatever way the devil is going, go the opposite. It means the word resist literally means like pulling the opposite way. If you're pulling me to the right, I'm going to the left, right? That's like what it means. So when the devil is saying, hey, your life sucks, what does it look like to resist the devil? Declare and say, no, man, I'm blessed. I have a good life. Like you opposite resist him. When the devil says, you ain't got no money for rent tomorrow, you're going to be a hobo on the street, you resisting says, no, God has something for me and I'm going after it, right? Yeah. When, when, right? Yeah. 
Come on, call us true. But the devil says, the devil says straight up, oh man, there's no one out there for you. You're the only one who doesn't have a one, right? Like, like, and then we think, oh dang, man, I could be alone forever, right? And God, and you stop, you're like, nah, man. God straight up says in Proverbs and that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Like he designed it. I'm going this way, right? I find me a wife, right? Go that way, right? So the point is, <laughs> the point is, when the devil says go this way, resisting him says declare the opposite. Okay. So some quick things. How do you how do you resist the devil? Walk in forgiveness. Whoa. Oh. Amen. That came out of nowhere. If you're walking in offended because your parent hurt you, then go before God and say, God, I forgive them. The devil wants me to be angry at this person who offended me. I'm going to choose to forgive them and love them. The facts say everything in me should be angry about them. The truth says I need to forgive them because God forgave me. The facts say I should hold a grudge against you. You'll never know how bad you hurt me. Those are the facts say. Truth says God knows I'm forgiven. You're forgiven. You're already right before God. Who am I to say, no, you're not right before me? Here we go. Second one, repent. Oh. Repenting's great. All you do is basically, you're just like, oh, dang, I picked up chains. No, I don't want those anymore. And you just say, God, take them off me. I repent. I'm getting that out. Just be quick to repent. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much easier. Just be like, God, I'm sorry. That was stupid. I'm done. Right? <laughs> right? That's it. Okay, third one. Walk in thankfulness. This is how you resist the devil. Right? Bill Johnson says this. He said, complaining only proves that you can hear the voice of the devil. Right? And I'm like, oh! He said, complaining only proves that you can hear the voice of the devil. Right? Because the devil's like, this sucks. This is horrible. This is messed up. This is, you deserve better. And he's just, he's pouring these into your ears. So by, by saying them, you're actually agreeing with what he's saying. So to resist it means like, I'm not going to play, complain. I'm going to be thankful, right? Because the Lord comes on the praises of his people. So I'm going to be thankful right now and be like, thank you, God, for this job. And I, I really don't like, but thank you, God, for this job, right? Right? The opposite. Resist the devil. So be thankful, okay? Another one, declare the truth. We already did that. And replace it. Begin to walk it out. And replace the truth. So this is what we're going to do. We got like seven minutes, okay? So I want to do this, and um, we are going to we're going to stand up together. And basically, my older brother did this. I love it. Oh, that's great. Okay, this is what we're going to do. So what we're going to do is, can these guys? I know this is obnoxious, but can we push some chairs back here? Okay, push them back. All right, we're going to do a fun family thing together for like five minutes. Okay, here we go. So this is how you replace it, and I'm just showing you real quick how to replace it and resist the devil right here, okay? You don't need to hang them up, just push them over so that they're not going to Oh, that's All right, so this is what we're doing. They don't want to be fancy around that Okay, okay, so here we go, guys. All right, guys, listen up. So this is what we do is this first lie that just says, I am messed up. I don't like how I look, I don't like how I'm acting, I don't like my personality, whatever it is. Something that straight up says that I don't like something about myself, right? If you have that, I want you to be bold right now because we're going to do an activity together to show you how to repent, how to get free of it, and how to walk it out. So if that's you, walk 
know, right? If that's you, can you just come to the middle right here and you say that is something that you're struggling with? Awesome. What? What was it? Oh, the, the attack or the lie, the chain on you that basically you don't like yourself, you don't like how you look, or you don't like how you act, or you don't like something about who you are. How God made you, you think he messed up a little bit when he made you, right? Okay, here we go. So, this right here, guys, this is what's true. Listen up, this is what's true. The truth, regardless of the facts, Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is with you. He's mighty to save you. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with sin. That is what's true. He delights in you. He delights And so real quick, what we're going to do is you want to get that chain off because Jesus freed you of that chain and somewhere along the way we picked it back up and put it back on our arm. And so take a second and we're, we're just going to repent right so you in your own heart just say oh God I repent I repent I repent for calling this this body who I am how you made me for, for not seeing it the way you see it I repent humbles you God show me how you see it Now say this together. Say, Father God, Father God, I repent, I repent for believing, for believing the lies, the lies. I receive your truth, I receive your truth that I am fearfully, that I am fearfully and wonderfully, wonderfully made. I love how you made me. I love how you made me. Amen. Amen. Come on, and then now you walk it out. And tomorrow, if the devil tries to be like, I don't like how you're made, you'd be like, Nah, dude, I got free of that last night, right? And you walk it out. All right, here we go. Everyone give them a hand. Come on. All right, can we do one more? All right, is there anyone in here who struggles with, and this is a vulnerable moment, I totally get it, okay? These lies that he, the, the truth is he'll never leave me. So the lie that just says, like, I'm alone. I, he left me. I'm rejected, uh, whether by friends or family or God himself. I'm rejected. I'm alone. I'm not in a family. Like, like I'm alone, right? Or, or anything, anything of that sort. If that's something that you're like, oh, man, yeah, I need freedom from that lie in my life. Can we, you come to the middle? Come on. <laughs> so proud of you guys. Give it up for them, guys. Come on. Thank you. The first thing, what you're doing right now is you're exposing it into the light. And you're showing, you're like ridding it of its power, right? Come on. And so right now, we're going to do uh, the same thing again. So you, in, in your own eyes, like, close your eyes real quick. I'm just going to read these verses over you. Romans 8, 38 to 39, it says, I am convinced that neither life nor death itself, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, no powers, no height or depth, nothing in all of creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Nothing can separate you. You're never alone. This other verse, 1 John 3, 1 says, How great is the love of the Father for us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Psalm 66, 20 says, Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayers or withheld His love from me. You do not have love withheld from me. No love is withheld from you. You're not alone. You're not in this on your own. 
no, no love is ever withheld from you. So you take a second. That's what's true. So you take a second and repent of the facts that you've believed. In your own heart and mind, just say, God, I'm so sorry for these, these lies I believe. And I'm alone. That's not true. Together, let's just say, Father God, Father God I, repent I repent for believing the lies, believing the lies that, I'm alone, that I'm alone, that you withhold love from me, that, you withhold love from me, that I'm in this like on my own, that I'm in this on my own. and I receive the truth, I receive the truth that, you're with me, that you're with me, that your love is with me, that your love is with me, and that the family of God is with me. I will never be alone. I will never be alone. Jesus name. Amen. Come on. Now you walk that out. Whenever you feel alone, you walk out in the truth. So guys, what I did there, it's nine o'clock, but I wanted to show you what it looks like to identify this fact has become a truth in my mind. And I need to remove that fact and replace it with the truth of God. And I need to walk it out. If you want to stay free, I don't want you to be like, oh, summer of 2017, that was the most free I ever was in my life. I want you to say that's when it broke and I walked in freedom ever since. Why? Because I humbled myself. And because I resist the devil daily and watch him flee from me because I'm a child of God. So, dear God, I just ask you that you would humble us, Father. I ask that you, in any way that our hearts are above, would you humble us down? But God, I really believe 90% of it is we think we're below. And I ask that you would humble us up to where you say we are, God. Would you break the lies uh, of rejection? Break the lies of unforgiveness? Break the lie of fear? Break the lie of doubt? Break all those lies, all those temporary facts? Would you break them in Jesus' name? And would you replace them with the truth? That you are with us, that you love us, that you provide for us, that we have a hope and a future, that we are wonderfully made, that we have amazing things coming for us. God, we repent for being yours, Lord, and we just ask that you would give us a tigger mentality that says something amazing comes whenever I walk in the room. Because Jesus is inside of me and comes into the room with me. We love you, God, and all God's people said. Uh, uh, prayer or anything, feel free to come get prayer. Remember, in like 15 minutes, we're going to shut down because we're all going to Denny's, right? So we're going to go there and we're going to plan for the crux, the concert, and the parking lot. Love you guys. Have a great night. Hey, buddy. Oh, pal. I did. I'm sweating. Crazy. Yeah, thank you. I got it on, um, I got it this weekend. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.